So today's scripture reading is from the book of 1 Chronicles in the Old Testament, uh, chapter 16, verses 8 to 36, and I'll be reading from the ESV version. O oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones, he is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. Remember his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations, the covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promises, promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute, to Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, to you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When you were few in number of little account and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people. He allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked, the king, rebuked kings on their account, saying, touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. Sing to the Lord all the earth, tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. For great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, and he is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless idols, but the Lord made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are in his place. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength, Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of, his, of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Say also, save us, O God, of our salvation, and gather and deliver us from among the nations, that we may give thanks to your holy name and glory in your, in your praise. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. This is the word of the Lord. Too many gadgets. That's what happens. Good morning to you all. It, it's a, it's a
has said, can I use this one? Yeah, this is good. Um, from Africa, we are used to sticks, so this is much better. Do you want this? It's working. Uh, let me use this one. <laughs> they were worried that I was going to move up and down, and I'm worried I, when I get excited, I tend to move up and down as well. So we'll see how being stationary goes for us this morning. Let me begin to welcome North Point as well, uh, North Point Church. I mean, this is your church, and welcome Linebrook Church, which is, uh, they, they've come as well. That's the church that we belong to when we're here. Um, we were at Gordon Connell, 2007 to 2010 at Gordon Connell. Those were the best days of Gordon Connell. Uh, just sorry to the students that are still there, but the best years were my years. Okay, you can talk about yours, but the pulpit is mine at the moment. Just to thank the uh, missions team uh, of, of uh, the North Point Church, you have done yourself very well. Thank you for taking care of us. You have looked after, after us. Uh, we even had dinner with you last night and yet you expect a, a sermon this morning. Wow. That's wonderful. Thanks. And thanks for our wonderful Jen gave us uh, a ride this morning. Otherwise, we would not be here. So praise God for the chariot of fire. Now. We are going to have an opportunity to share with you about the ministry uh, in Zimbabwe after the church service. But for now, let us just focus on the word of God uh, together. Let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. We forwarded the missions month to this month because look, guess what? I was around town, so I said, let me come and preach my slot. When others are suffering during uh, missions week, I would have done my bidding. Here comes the slide. Question. What are some of the questions that buffet us when we think about missions? These are some of the questions that we may have. Question number one. What is the end goal of missions? My grandfather was a missionary. I was a missionary. And uh, there's so many people that are still doing missions. What is the end goal of this missions endeavor? Number, uh, question number two. Do I have a place for and in missions? Do I have a place in missions? Does the goal of missions or, or mission or missions change or is it constant? Should we not be concerned about our own home church rather than foreign missions? If you hear that debate, and that debate still rages on when you talk about our missions. Since the world is now in my doorsteps, what shape should mission strategy uh, take? The Africans, you know, we, we are now, most of us, we are living next door to you. Mm -hmm. uh, the Asians, um, we are now here in America. There are many of us that are around. So the question is, should we continue bothering ourselves about missions? Those are the questions that may buffet our minds as we consider missions. So today, we will look at this passage, First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 8 to, to 36. Believe me, there are many verses but I am very quick. We are going to be concluding pretty soon. It's not going to be as, as what others could, uh, would think, oh, 36 verses, when are we going to get there? So basically, when we begin to read the passage, we begin to hear this, that God is a God in Israel and is described in these terms. He is one who deserves Israel's praise. Number two, Israel must call and seek after the Lord. This is whom about whom Israel should actually be bearing witness. That's the introduction of who God is as we read uh, from verse 8 to verse 11. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, 
Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him, sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works, glory in, in his name. In other words, take pride in God's name. Let the hearts of those that seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength, seek his presence uh, continually. So this is what Israel is told. But we've got to ask the question, why does God deserve Israel's praise, Israel's seeking, Israel's witness? This we find in verse 12 to verse 14. It is because God has proven himself. How has God proven himself to Israel? By his wondrous works, by his miracles, by his judgment on behalf of Israel. So we read this from verse 12 to verse 14. You realize we are already on verse 14, right? I hope you're staying awake because it's going to be over soon. Remember the wondrous works that he has done. This is verse 12. His miracles and the judgments he, he uttered. Offspring of Israel, his servant. Children of Jacob, his chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His judgments are in all the earth. By the way, this psalm is a psalm of David revived to a nation that has just come out of exile. You are hearing this and you know for sure that as a nation we have gone through the judgments of the Lord. Judge God judging the nations, but God judging us as well. And you have to praise him for his judgments. Why did God act and judge on behalf of Israel? We find this in verse 13 to 18. Because he graciously chose Israel. Listen to how God speaks, how the psalmist speaks about God's choosing of Israel. He says this, I was sharing, uh, Dr. Nihaus was sharing with his student, um, I, I used to enjoy Dr. Nihaus' classes, he was just sharing with me about the righteousness of God. What is the righteousness of God? By the way, these are forthcoming uh, attractions of Dr. Nihaus' uh, books that are coming. What is God's righteousness? God's righteousness is the fact that God remains constant. He is true to himself and true to his word. Listen to what he says in terms of his choosing of Israel in verse 15. Remember. Remember his covenant forever. The word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham. His son promised to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute. To Israel as an everlasting covenant, saying, To you I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. The promises of God are forever, and we can hold on to them because God is constant and he is true to himself. When was the last time you kept your word that you promised your neighbor next door? We are a people and we are a man without chess. We do not keep our words, we do not keep our promises. It takes a next text message to show you that I am not constant in my words, neither am I constant in my actions. God is constant in his words, he is constant in his actions. That is why we can hold on to his words for a thousand and a thousand generations. He graciously chose and divinely preserved Israel. That is our next slide. 
He graciously chose and divinely preserved Israel. Verses 19 to 22. He says this. When you were few in number, of little account, in the ancient times, these are times when nations would rule against each other just like today. A, a nation that was more powerful than the other nation would rule over the other nations. Today, a nation with more nuclear whatever is the one that is on top of the world, isn't it? So a resume of, of I am a little person, I am a humble person, is not going to get you anywhere, is it? When you were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, not only were you little, not only were you small, but you were foreigners. In other words, you did not have any piece of land that you could claim as your own. Wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked the kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones. Do my prophets no harm. By the way, God does not need you to be great first to call you his anointed one or to call you his prophet. God graciously chose Israel. He divinely called Israel. Did God choose you because there was anything special with you? <laughs> yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. We're coming close to home. Just picture yourself as Israel. Hmm. Today's church, do we, look, do we look like a wonderful, strong institution? We are not, we're even failing to fill these, these, these pews, aren't we? Uh, go to the stadium, uh, the Patriots playing, and see how many people are in the stadium. Do we look like a glorious and a wonderful institution? Or if, when you were few, when you were little, I chose you and call you my prophets. Possibly this is the best time to be, the, to be a Christian when Christianity is not famous anymore. Narrow is the way. Remember that. What God is to Israel, he must also be to the other nations. Now, if you're an Israelite, you'll be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm chosen. You know, I'm wonderful. I'm, I am it. You know, I am it. Please realize what I'm assuming here. I'm assuming that the missions does not begin in the book of Matthew, chapter 11, the Great Commission. That is not where missions begin. Missions begin in Genesis 1, verses 1. For in the beginning God created. Because remember in the ancient times, you had the right to be a king over your nation if you made it and formed it yourself. The reason why God has a right to rule over the world is because he made it with his own hands. Genesis 1 verse 1 is a call to missions. So it reads as following. Sing to the Lord all earth. Why should, why should a, a Zimbo sing to God? Who is this God of Israel? Why should I sing? Why am I being commanded to sing? Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from... What? Are you saying that God is also saving me even though I am out of the bounds of Israel? If you remember the gracious commandment that God gave to Noah. Declare... His glory among the nations. His marvelous works among all the peoples. 
For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And he is to be feared above the gods. In other words, the other nations have got their own gods. But he must be feared above those gods. Now, this is getting interesting. For all the gods of the peoples are worthless. If my god is worthless, then give me another god who is, who is deserving. And who is the deserving one here? But he, the Lord, made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and joy are his place. They are in his place. So I discard my own worthless idol. I discard my own idols that, 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 that don't do anything for me. And I go to the one who actually created me and created the whole world. That is why all the nations of the world might sing praises to God. Before we even have the debate, should we go to foreign nations or should we stay at home? Guess what? God is introducing himself to foreigners. Why should the nations declare God's praise? Verses 28 to 34. We are now finishing. This. There's going to be two last slides. And then we apply. Then we finish. Please wake up. It's okay. Let's wake up. We are going to go to your Starbucks soon. Let's, let's do this. Why should the nations praise God? Because God is sovereign. Yeah? He's the sovereign king above all the nations. And he is supreme. Not only is he sovereign, but he is supreme over all the gods. So we read uh, verse 28 to 30. Ascribe to the Lord all families of the, of, of, of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Come on now. As Zimbabwean bringing an offering to your God, you Israelites, you are saying me, I should bring an offering to your God. How about my gods? Look, I discard my God, my gods, and I go to the true God to give him my true offering because he is the only one who is worthy of all praise. So, come before the Lord with your gifts. Worship the Lord in the splendor of his holiness. Tremble before him, all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. It is ex the world is established not because somehow it has protons and neutrons of their own, but because God is the one that establishes it. What is the extent and end goal of Israel's witness? What is the extent of this? If you, you read carefully with me, verse 24 to 34, it says this, until we all return to an Edenic existence. We are all returning to Eden. We are from Eden, we are returning to Eden. What does Eden look like? Eden looks like God ruling over his creation. That is where we are all going. The whole world is going there. Until all God... All, all of God's creation is restored back to its maker. That is the extent of our witness. So the question, should I be concerned about missions? My question to you is, has all of God's children been, rec been reconciled back to him? If it has been, then rest. Relax. Don't worry about it. If you say, should I be concerned about missions at all? My question to you is, well, have we all returned to in an Edenic existence in which God is now truly the ruler of everything? If we have returned, then relax. Don't worry about missions. Wink, wink. Let the heavens be glad. 
Next slide, please. Let the heavens be glad. Let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. That's our passage for today. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice. And let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea, you know, now we're going back to nature. You'll see nature, just like in the Garden of Eden, is now singing back to God. It has been reconciled back to God. You know, the, our redemption as human beings, in as much as it is so important that Jesus Christ died on the cross, remember that nature also is being restored back to God. Look at this. Let the sea roar and all uh, that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. When the king sits enthroned on his creation, then we know that the goodness of the Lord endures are forever. Now, let's apply this. Uh, dear Mr. Zimbabwean, I've been hearing you huffing and puffing this morning. What is this all about? Mm. Let's apply it. Let's go to the last slide. There are three points that I would like you to take home. Sorry, it's blue and blurry. You see, the reason why I'm using my computer is because I'm, I'm getting old. So I can't read over there. I was going to try and read over there, but you see, so that's why I'm, I'm reading from here. It's, it's blurry over there. Take time, take time, take time. I know you can do this. Take time. But point number one. We are called to bear witness of, uh, of God. We have, uh, of a God we have known ourselves. We are called to bear witness of a God we have known ourselves. So before you even consider missions, your place in missions, my question is, do you know God? America, where is your knowledge of God? Are you still in knowledge of God? Does the community around us know God? He talks to Israel and says, seek him, seek his face, praise him because of his wondrous work. This is a God whom you have experientially known. So before we get involved in missions, do we know him ourselves? Point number two, the chief end of our witness is the lordship of Jesus Christ. Hmm. Here we go. Rather than the peace of this world. We are seeking the lordship of Jesus Christ rather than the peace of this world. My brothers and sisters, we have not been called to be politicians. You may have great idea about how politics should go, but guess what? That is not your calling. Your calling is to install the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Not for us to create tribalistic groupings of the red and the blue or the white and whatever. We are called for the lordship of Jesus Christ. We have not been called to. Yes, you have great ideas about how politics should, should be run. I know, I know that. I know that. But that is your, not your calling. Your calling is to the lordship of Jesus Christ. Point number, the, the last point. Until all of God's creation is restored to its maker, our mission remains incomplete. So, what is my place in missions? Should I be bothered with missions? What of the universe next door? What of the world that is going crazy? 
our mission is incomplete until the Lord Jesus Christ reigns over his creation. Come, let us pray. Father, we thank you through the mighty name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you for my brothers and sisters who are gathered here. I thank you for myself, Lord, that this morning we hear your calling. Your calling, Lord, to exalt your name, to glorify you. For those of us that don't know you, Lord, we hear the calling that we should seek your face. Father, for the most of us that are confused about mission, we are being called, Lord, to recognize that it is about your lordship, not the lordship of man. May your name be glorified. Let them say among the nation, the Lord reigns. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Amen.